Uh, I'm going to read to you this morning from John chapter 1, uh, verses 9, 9 to 13 and 29 to 34. <clears throat> and it goes like this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, as verse 29, and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I have testified that this is God's chosen one. So we all know and we've all heard that because of Jesus Christ, we can gain forgiveness. And, 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 and at this time of year, Christmas is one of those times where um, everyone that doesn't go to church is a little bit confused as to what Christmas is. But why churches, why the church, why Christians celebrate Christmas. And there's a lot of traditions that happen with that that can make things confusing. And so we come together and we remember and prepare for what God has done for us by sending his son as a baby. And how the prophecies of all talked about this was coming, going to happen, and how the Old Testament brings that out, and then the New Testament brings it to life as a record of that. And in talking with people that don't celebrate Christmas, or that don't really understand it, that think it's more about gift-giving and Santa, Santa Claus, it's, it, it can be a lot for them to understand why we do this. And and, and we bring in our traditions. I, I'm sure you all have traditions in your household that you do at Christmas, whether it's, you know, preparing a certain dish that you only do at Christmas, or you maybe go out, we, uh, you know, when the kids were little, we used to cut down a tree and bring it back, uh, and how that tradition became a thing. There's other traditions, like you'll watch a movie. A movie. So there's the big debate going on right now in, in the world of social media or the metaverse. I, I, I don't know if that's the right term. But anyways, there's that where Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> and and um, I'm going to say yes, it is a Christmas movie. It has no meaning whatsoever about Christmas, um, but it's, it's a tradition. Another, there, there's a bunch of them. You, some of you have watched Elf. That's very purpley right? It, lots of people have watched that. Um, Francisco, that's a nice name, right? We all have something we watch, The Grinch, all that. And there's another movie um, that's a tradition for many people, and it's a Christmas story. Now, it's been a while since I've seen this. It's not my tradition, but, but many people have this tradition, and this tradition tells of a story about a boy, Ralphie, who wants to buy the what? Red Rider BB gun, yeah, for Christmas. And his mom is totally against it. How many have ever had that argument with their spouse 
or relative about not giving your kids guns, right? So when, we, when, we, when Brandon was, was young, uh, Michelle's like, no guns whatsoever. And I'm like, all right, no guns. And then you pick up a stick and be like, pew, pew, right? And then we're like, well, how do we, how do we battle this? And, you know, they would pick up a, a glass, a car, pew, pew. Like, it, every, they're always wanting to, boys just seem to want to do this. So we bought him an elephant squirt, water squirter that's basically an elephant as a gun. And, and, and that was okay because it was an elephant shooting water out of its mouth. Again, he used it as a gun to shoot people with it. Um, and so in this story, this boy wants this, this, uh, this gun, and much of the movie is about him dreaming and trying to convince everybody that he needs this gun and should get this gun for Christmas. And he spends his entire uh, days before Christmas, so the advent before Christmas, preparing for a present he hopes he can convince his parents that he needs. He has to have this. And, and in this season of advent that we're in, we're seeking to prepare ourselves for the arrival of Jesus by looking at the Gospel of John. And today, we're going to kind of go through some very specific gifts, two of them for sure, that, that came with Jesus when he entered into the world. And there are two specific gifts I want to focus on, and they're kind of interrelated. One is the gift of adoption. Now, John chapter 1, verses 9 to 13, tells us that, we, we, that if we receive Jesus and believe in Jesus, we are given the right to become children of of God. That's in verse 12. This is not something we could have done. This is not something we drummed up. Uh, it, 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 as the next verse clearly says it, but rather um, it's the, the result of God, his will and what he wants, and we see that in verse 13. Now, imagine being called the children of of God. We're given a relationship with God, uh, not simply as created beings or maybe distant subjects like a king would have that they look down on, but the relationship of a child with their father. Now, maybe in your life, you, your relationship with your parents, with your father, wasn't that great. Maybe it was strained or difficult. Um, and and the, the idea of father is hard to grasp. Uh, as a child, uh, many of you know my parents got divorced, and for me, kind of associating God as a father was difficult. It was difficult for me because it was something that I didn't relate to because um, of personal stuff that went on in my life. Um, and so for me, it was difficult to be like, oh, God is like a father. And then one day it just clicked. And honest, to, to be honest with you, I remember that I was sitting right over there when it happened. And uh, the last senior pastor of the church, Pastor Ted, was preaching a sermon. And honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was about. Um, but that one point that he made on Father being the perfect Father, and I'd heard it a million times. How many times have you been in church where you've heard the same thing over and over again? We've, we've gone through scriptures a lot. Um, we, we tell stories and, 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 and we try to, but one day something clicks. You've heard it before, but this time it sinks in. And that's what happened with me. It was like, he's the perfect example of what a father should be. And it, and it changed everything for me. 
uh, in how I related to God. He is perfect. He is the way it is supposed to be. Now, going back to our lovely Christmas story with Ralphie, he spends the movie trying to convince his mom to do this act of purchase. And it ends up being his father who does the purchasing of the gift. And it's a moment when the father explains to his wife that he had, he, that he had one when he was a child and it, him and his son can bond over this gift and over opening it and it's just a good experience and it's, a pre- it's, it's his first experience of this present. And, and the father knew what the son wanted even though the son never asked him specifically for that gift. Um, we have a relationship like our father, uh, like we do with our Father, with God, as we do with His children and our children. And so in Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13, He says, What father among you, and again, you've heard this before, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You see, our Father in Heaven wants to give us. Now, again, you can take this and twist it into some weird theology where, well, God wants to give me gifts, and then we turn it into material possessions, right? And that's not how God works. Sometimes God blesses us with material things, and I don't know how that all works out. He, he's blessed us with our lives, but, but I don't claim anything. I don't claim any superpower that I have some connection with God where if I say, God, you know, I really need this new car. I, I need it. I got to have it. And God's going to be like, well, Merry Christmas, poof, out of nowhere. Or, hey, I really would like poof, $10,000 appears. If if you just give to the church today $100, I promise you God will multiply that to $1,000. If you ever hear me say that, expect a resignation the next day because that's not how God works. If you are in the poorest places in a third world country, the gospel has to um, interpret itself there as clearly as it does here. And so, because we have an abundance, we think that God has always just given us whatever we want. You have to be able to transfer that theology over to the poorest country, to the single mom with kids. I believe that God cares so much about us in so many different ways, but I think a lot of times when we ask for gifts, when we want things, those things uh, are more about us than they really are about others and God is wanting us to serve others and he's wanting and so that's where he's going to start and so this this whole story as 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 interesting as it was as interesting as this movie is uh it's it is an illustration of that God wants to take care of us not necessarily materially but he does love us he does want to care for us he wants to have a relationship with us and so Through Jesus, we are given a good father who will take care of us. So we're adopted into the family. And you've heard me say this a million times. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. The second gift that he gives us, we're told about this a little later in the chapter. Um, It's God's way of providing a pathway 
to remove our sin and, or to give us forgiveness. And in John chapter 1, what we read today, 29 to 34, John the Baptist gives the title to Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now this language that is used here, this Lamb of God, is like the tabernacle language we talked about two Sundays ago. Uh, we remember we mentioned that the tabernacle was the word becoming flesh and living uh, among us or dwelling among us or tabernacling among us. And this links the work of Jesus Christ to the old sacrificial system of the Old Testament where they would bring a lamb or a goat or a sheep or whatever they're, they're offering uh, to God. And as one of the com commentators puts it, he points out that the title Lamb of God could refer to many different sacrificial lambs that were mentioned in the Old Testament. And it could talk about the Passover lamb in, um, uh, in, in uh, John uh, 19, 31 to 37. It can be talking about the lamb that was provided for Abraham in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. It can talk about the lamb of the sin offering in Leviticus chapter 4, verses 32 to 35, and it can be talking about the suffering servant of Isaiah in, in Isaiah 53, and the goat that bore the sins of the people on the day of atonement, if we look at Leviticus 16. And so these two gifts that were given, adoption and a pathway, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for forgiveness, are clear images that come out of just what God's desire is in sending his son to earth. He wants a loving relationship with you and with me. And so by adopting us as children, God is making his heart's intention very clear that he loves us and each and every one of you is loved by God. And that's sometimes tough to take when we don't feel very loved. So providing by providing this pathway for our sins, for our wrongdoings to be removed, God is also making something very clear. Because of Jesus, he is holding nothing against you. Nothing at all. Your sins, your wrongdoings are gone when you come to him. They've been taken away. And there's a Greek word that explains this in John chapter 1, verse 29, for take away. And it means to take upon oneself and carry what has been raised up. Or, in a shorter version, to bear. To bear everyone's wrongdoing, the wrongdoings of the world. And that's what Jesus has come to do. I use this illustration many times when we would have prayer time and you would come up and you would pray with somebody and, and we'd talk about praying. When, when you bring something to God, I would tell you to wrap it up in, in a satchel or something and place it at the feet of Jesus. And when we do that, it gives us this illustration of what's being talked about in the scripture is that the sins of the world, they're being laid on Jesus' back and he is carrying them. He's taking that that burden that we have that we've laid at his feet or that he's taken from us and carried and, and he's taking that load for us no matter what it is and now we can stand tall we know we're right with God and we're loved by him as his very own 
children. I don't know if you've ever had a weight on your shoulders. Have you ever had that where you're tense, really tense? And you just, you just, and then when, when finally that one thing is said that relieves it, you just, all of a sudden your shoulders drop. Your chest sticks out, you stand tall, and you feel like, whoa, that's over. That's over. You see, because of Jesus, he is doing that for you. He's taking the load off your shoulders. He's bearing everything on his and taking it from you. If this is a gift that you haven't experienced, then this is the time. This Christmas season is the time to give it over to him, to drop it at his feet, for him to take the load. If you haven't done that ever before, this is the time to do it. If you have, but yet you still like to carry the load that Jesus took from you, but you keep grabbing it back, keep fighting for it, you want it, you're like, I want to carry this problem with me instead of giving it to you. Because we tend to do that, right? I used to have this mindset of, well, you know, I don't need to pray about that because, you know, God's got enough on his plate. He's got a lot going on right now. Let him worry about others that need uh, more. But you know what? He can handle it. He's got big shoulders, and whatever we give him, he can take. But don't take it back. Don't keep trying to pull it back. So if you've been, if you've been a Christian for a while or a short period of time, doesn't really matter, stop taking it back. Stop taking the stress of life, the load, everything that's going on in your life that you struggle with, that you're, and, 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 and don't take it back. Give it to him fully so that he has it. That's why in times of trouble, you probably know people who are like, no, no big deal, we got this. Because they've given it. They've given it over. Given it over to Jesus. And that's what we all need to learn and remember to do in times of trouble. And we are in some times where mental health, right now, mental health is huge. People are stressed. They're tapped out. Lots going on. Not to mention the regular stresses of life that are still here. Let's dump on some more. And if we give that all over to him and let it go, I think he can handle it. If you truly believe that Jesus is who he said he was, then it's time we put our money where our mouth is, and I, that's all figured. I don't mean we're going to do a second offering. Put your money where your mouth is, lay it down, and step away and say, thank you for what you've done. Now, I trust you to take care of it. How many struggle with trust issues? You don't have to put your hand up. Many people struggle with trust issues because we've been burned before, because someone's let us down. God is not letting us down. God has already proven himself to us, and what we have are the words. We have the inspired word of God here that will help us navigate our life. But all these things that are going on pile up and pile up and pile up. And when we truly leave it at his feet, 
And when we truly read his word, we understand that he has it under control. Does that mean you're always going to be like, no problem, God's got it under control? No. I doubt it. I doubt that very much. But you'll get better at it. You'll get better at it. And so whether it's relationships that you're dealing with, whether it's um, things in your life, personal stuff you need to deal with, whatever it is, today start by laying it down at his feet, no matter what. No matter where you are, whether you're a new Christian, you've been a Christian a long time, whether you're on a journey to find out who Jesus is, it doesn't matter. Lay it at his feet. Envision that. There's a thing about envisioning it, laying it down, that helps you give it away. Why do you think when you practice something, when you're, wh- whether it's a skill or ability, you do it over and over again? So it becomes a more natural, it becomes something that's just easier to do each time to give it away. That's why it's good to envision in your head. Giving that over to Jesus Christ and letting him carry that load. Let him take on the burden of everything in your life. And he will make your paths straight. If you believe this. So why not give it a chance today as you're going through, this is it. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Here we go. Let's get ready for Christmas. Christmas Eve, we're going to be online. We're going to be in person. We're going to sing Christmas carols. We're celebrating the gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, because we are now adopted into his family, and he has provided the way, the only way. Let us focus on that this Christmas. Prepare our hearts as we move forward, as we should all year long anyways, but let's make a new stand now that we will lay our burdens down to the one who's created everything around us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And as we move forward this week, give us a new lease on everything. Let us be focused, a better perspective of of Christmas, of what you are all about, and what you have done for us when we didn't deserve it, didn't have any way of getting it other than what you have provided for us, for forgiveness of our sins by the Lamb of God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And as we go our separate ways, keep us safe, keep us healthy, and help us to get back here again for Christmas Eve. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. And we want you to come this Christmas Eve. 7 o'clock. It's one hour. Please come. Christmas carols. It's going to be a good time. Invite some friends, uh, and uh, we would love to have you join us. God bless you.